Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Can we just uh, take a moment and worship the Lord? That's how to get into the spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. The book of Revelation chapter 1, verse 9. John the apostle, he says, I was in the spirit on the last day. And the Lord's day is the day the Lord has made. So which day shouldn't be the Lord's day? The devil didn't make any day. So you can choose to say today is the day the Lord has made. And to be in the spirit is to rise above your mind. So be mindful, having your mind. Let your mind be full of the things of God who is spirit. I was in the spirit on the last day and I heard his voice. And again, he was in the spirit and he heard a tour of heaven. I want to speak to you about the realities of the throne of heaven. I want us to experience that throne. I want you to see some things about that throne and it's going to change your perspective and the situation around you. So take a moment, just lift your hand and say, Holy Spirit, take me up. Open the eyes of my mind. Anoint me to see. Show me the realm of God's throne. Manifest the power of that throne in my life and in my situation. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand. God bless you. Please may be seated. I'm speaking about the realities of the throne realm of God or the realm of God's throne. I want us to have a quick panorama. Just like a moving picture, a quick view of the throne. And I've spoken in two services about these, starting with two different scriptures. I started in the first service with Isaiah chapter 6, but that's not what I want to do. I started in second service with Revelation chapter 4, but the Holy Spirit is asking me to start with Ezekiel chapter 1. Can we put Ezekiel chapter 1 from verse 1? Same message, but just different perspective. Now in the first year, is this Ezekiel? No, this is Ezra. I need Ezekiel chapter, chapter 1. This is Ezra. Thank you. Now it came about in the 30th year, on the fifth day of the fourth month, while I was by the river Kebar, among the exiles, the heavens were open, and I saw visions of God. Can we read on? Can we go to the next verse? On the fifth day, or on the fifth of the month, in the fifth year of King Jehoiachin's exile, verse 3, the word of the Lord came expressly to Ezekiel the priest, Son of Buzah, 
in the land of the Chaldeans by the river Kebar. And there the hand of the Lord came upon him. Next verse. As I looked, behold, a storm, a storm wind was coming from the north. A great cloud with fire flashing forth continually. And a bright light ran it. And in its midst something like glowing matter. In the midst of the fire. Can we read on? It's interesting. Within it there were figures resembling four living beings. And this was their appearance. He began to describe their appearance. They had human form. Each of them had four faces and four wings and on and on. Let's go down to verse 25. Uh, if you really want to get it, Jesus, you need to read it when you get home. Let's go down to verse 25. Right. 25. This is 28, okay? And there came a voice from above the expanse that was over the heads of these living beings. Whenever they stood still, they dropped their wings. Next verse. Now, above the expanse that was over their heads, there was something resembling a throne. Above their head, there was an expanse and something resembling a throne, like lapis lazuli in appearance. And on that which resembled a throne, high up was a figure with the appearance of what? A man. Can we read the last? Yeah, are we done with this? Then I noticed from the appearance of his loins upward something like glowing matter that looked like fire all around within it. And from the appearance of his loins downward, I saw something like fire. And there was, can we read on? There was a radiance around him. The last verse. Is that the last verse? 28. Is it? Can we read it together? I want you to read this verse. It's interesting. As the appearance of the rainbow in the clouds on a rainy day. So was the appearance of the surrounding radiance. Such was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when I saw it, I fell on my face and I heard a voice speaking. Say, speak, Lord. That's part of the realm of God's throne. I'm going to end by showing you the mobile dimension of the throne of God. A lot of people are not aware that the throne of God moves from place to place. He's omnipresent. But you can actually usher in the fullness of his throne to a locality, to your, to your situation, to your community, to your nation. Whatever is your sphere of operation. Because if you read Ezekiel 1 very well, these four creatures that were specially made, they also have beside them wheels. There were wheels within wheels. And the wheels had spirits. The spirit of the creature were in the wheel. So this, the wheel has spirit and they have eyes. But not just, this is a very complex stuff here. 
But it's not just that they have wheels. I mean, they have eyes and they have spirit. The wheels move towards different direction. And they don't need to make a turn. Whatever direct, they don't need to reverse. Whatever direction they want to go, there's another set of wheels that move there. And they move by the spirit that is in the creature. Now, but the point is this. Why do you need a wheel that has spirit? Or why do you need wheels with spirit that's on fire if you're not going anywhere? Guess what? God is on the move. I guess that's why the first two letters of God is G-O. He goes places. (laughs) Tell somebody God is going places with you. And he's coming around your neighborhood. God is coming to this place. But he doesn't want to be limited here. He goes. The first two letters of gospel is G-O-S-P-E-L. Gospel go. The first two letters of anything good is G-O-O-D. Good. G-O-Go. If you're good, you got to get ready to go to Nigeria. That's what I'm saying. And the first two letters of gold is G-O. Like grace is golden dress. No. It's well dressed in golden color. So if you want gold, you got to get ready to go. But this is the point. This is the point. God moves. His throne, there's a stationary dimension of the throne of God, but there's a mobile dimension of the throne of God. Aren't you glad? If the throne of God is only located and limited to the heaven of heavens, third or seventh heaven, and just remain there, where we can connect by faith, but I'm glad that it is possible to literally Usher the throne of God to where you are. Yeah. Now, what is the point? Ezekiel said, I was among the captives in Babylon by the river Kebar. And this is what David sang about in Psalm 137 when he sings, By the rivers of Babylon, where we sat down. We were weeping and wailing when we remember the city of God. We remember Zion. And those who took us captive, they were afflicting us. And they were mocking us. And they were saying, sing that Lord's song that you used to sing. And he says, how can I sing the Lord's song in a place of captivity? Well, they didn't know that you can sing your way out of captivity. So when the enemy mock you and ask you to sing the song, you better do sing it. Sing it. That's why Paul and Silas sang in the prison. Well, I think they're mocking you, but they're just turning you on. Right. So, but Ezekiel, a priest that became a prophet, with King Joachim, were all taken into captivity. There are kings in captivity. There are pastors and prophets and apostles in prison. But Ezekiel said, as I sat among them, on a certain day, I looked and I saw heaven open. I want to tell you that we are all in some sort of captivity here in this world. The system of the world imprisoning us. 
our mortality, our flesh, our human nature in prison. It's a kind of captivity. This is why there's a liberty you cannot really know until you get out of your flesh. Get into the spirit and rise up. When the spirit of God comes, the glorious liberty of the sons of God can be experienced. Society, earthly realm, worldly system, human nature, they're all some sort of captivity. It's a a kind of imprisonment. Sometimes some sicknesses and diseases and some demons, they beseech us and they close us in. So one way or the other, yours might be spiritual captivity. Some people is economical captivity. Some people is physical. Some people, some kind of captivity. But in the place of captivity, you can see heaven open. The solution to the limitations of the things that take us captive is for you to assess the realm of the throne of God. Ezekiel said, I was among them. But what made the difference is I saw heaven open. And I saw, he saw the hand of God came on him. Yesterday afternoon I spoke about the spiritual technology of the hand of God. Because if God is like a consuming fire, his hand has fire. If God, if God transmits light and fire, when he stretches his hand on you, there is a radiant, there's something that comes on you. When Jesus showed up in glory, the Bible says in his hand there were seven stars. And when he put that hand on his apostle John, the Bible says John began to see the visions of churches far away. Because the stars in Jesus' hand represent the leaders of those churches. So when the hand came on his head, he started seeing the recondition of the churches. So when the hand of God came on Ezekiel, in the place of captivity, because God rent heaven, guess what? He started seeing the visions of God. What he saw was the mobile dimension of the throne of God. He actually saw the throne moving. And he saw that there are massive creatures with massive wings that carry something like a throne and someone was sitting on it at the end of ezekiel 1 he says this is the vision of the glory of the lord you know why we need to assess the realm of the throne of god why you need to develop a, a consciousness and awareness and you need to develop a passion and affection that will get into scriptures or as you worship and pray you say God I want to see visions of your throne I want to experience your throne I want to hear voices from your throne I want the signals and the lightning and the thunder I just want to get something from up there why why you need that is because once you start assessing the realm of that throne the way things Operate around you will change. Around us, there's so much frustration. When you look around you in the world, you look at, at the news, you look sometimes into your situation, into your home, you look at work, sometimes even in the church, you look into your heart, it's so overwhelming. All we see around us is like chaos, everything falling apart. Nothing seems to be getting better out there. This is why you need that throne that God will. You need to roll it in. 
roll the throne in. Roll it in. Ask God, move it in. Because once the throne comes in, your captivity will come to an end. Because the Lord's throne cannot come, the Lord cannot be enthroned in your situation, and demons and the devil will remain on the throne in your situation. Something God will give way. So there are a lot of things we are struggling to overcome. We just need to be strategic. Just say, Lord, calm down. Move in your throne. I can fix this. But I know when you are enthroned, nothing remains the same. This is why Psalm 22, he says the Lord is enthroned in the praises of his people. When you begin to praise him, you're trying to build a throne for him. And so we need to learn to do that rather than complain and whine and weep and get discouraged and backslide. You need to say, okay, now I'm going to build a throne for God by praising God. We need that because all things around us are not working. Praise God. There's what I call the after this dimension. After this. And you always see this in scriptures. Let me give you quick, quick hints to this. In John chapter 1 verses 50 and 51. After Jesus met with Nathaniel, you know, Pastor D just said something. And he said, just go tell people. And if they want to argue with you, just tell them, come and see. Right, come and see. Right, so... Uh, someone met Nathaniel. Was it Philip that met Nathaniel? And said, we, we've met the anointed guy. Uh, finally. We've met that anointed Jesus Savior. We're expecting the Messiah. And Nathaniel was like, from where? It's like you're telling, like Jim is telling you, this guy is anointed. This guy is apostle. Grace is this. And is it from where? Nigeria. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Sorry, it's Nigeria. Sorry, it's me. Natana said, can anything good come from Nigeria? We're all I know. Can anything good come from Nazareth? And Philip was like, okay, come check it out. Just come and see. Everything you've known, everything you've seen is real, but you come check this. When Natana was coming, Jesus started describing him. He's never met him one-on-one. So yeah, that's my guy. An Israelite indeed. This guy don't pretend. He talks straight. He says his mind. He means what he says. He says what he's mean. Nathaniel said, how do you know me? He said, well, when you were arguing about my bad place under the tree, I was there. I was here. Oh, he says, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus said, oh, because of what I just said, you believe now? You are going to see greater things. Now, if Jesus were an American, I guess he's African. I'm not too sure. But Jesus would have said to Nathaniel, you haven't seen nothing yet. He just told Nathaniel, oh, I just used a little gift of discernment and you're surprised. Oh, you believe so quick? You haven't seen nothing yet. Yeah. He says, hereafter, you're going to see heavens open. Somebody say, Lord, I need an open heaven. 
during the conference we saw that the heaven of heavens where God lives is never shut. But grace came and changed my message. She says, but there are some rooms and some places where stuff are kept. Those places are locked. <laughs> See, that's why Jesus said, I got to give you the keys. <laughs> but whenever you get into the spirit, you hear Ezekiel saw heaven open. Right? Uh, Stephen, as they were stoning him, he looked up, he saw heaven open. John, in, in Revelation 4, he says, after this thing, I look up, I saw a door standing open in heaven. The heaven of God is always open. It is the intermediary heaven where principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness and fallen demons and fallen angels like hosts of heaven and queen of heaven, they are all fallen beings. They are sitting in the intermediary heaven. And they are the one that shut our heaven. That's the heaven that needs to be open. It needs to be open. So Jesus said, if you believe me and you track with me, as we go on, you're going to begin to see your heaven open. And when the heavens are open, you're going to see angels ascending and descending. And Jacob saw the same thing in Genesis 28 from verse 11. He was down to nothing. He got a stone as a pillow. Down to zero. Probably below zero. And everything was dark. His own twin brother wanted to kill him. And he went to sleep thinking, this is my last. I'm saying my last prayer. And heaven opened in his dream. And he saw angels ascending and descending. Guess what? He saw someone on the throne up there. Right. Now, this is the point. Why will angels be ascending and descending when heaven opens? Well, this is a part of the realities of the throne. We need to develop angelic consciousness. Church and pastors are so conscious about how many people are in attendance. We don't count the angels. But the Bible says every time we come together, there are innumerable, uncountable numbers of angels. The angel of the Lord encamp around those who fear him. If you fear God, I fear God. When we come together, we have angels around. Whenever I go to a meeting and they ask me how many people were there, I say, couldn't count them. Which one do you want me to count? The angels or the guys or the spirit of just men made perfect. So why do angels ascend and descend? Listen carefully. They're changing their beat. The angels that brought you thus far need to go back to heaven to report. New one need to come down to lead you further. That's why they ascend and descend. They're changing their duty. The angel that brought Jacob from his father's house to that place can take him to Laban's house. Change of God. So some angels that been with you need to go back to report. This is how far we've gone. And then God said, okay, you go back. You go take over, take, take them further. Alright, so that's this part of the realities of the kingdom. But this is where I want to land after these things, you will see heaven open. Revelation 4. He says, after this, I looked. 
And I saw heaven open. And I saw the throne. And I saw someone sitting. And he described the person. And he sees 24 thrones around the throne. And he sees these creatures with six wings. And he describes them. And he says, I'm hearing voices and lightning and thundering. And, he's, and, and there are fire. He says, there are seven lamps before the throne. And it goes on and on. In Revelation 5, he says, in the midst of the throne, there is a lamb standing although it's been slaughtered but he's standing how can someone be slaughtered and he's standing before the foundation of the world because upon the lamb there are seven eyes and seven horns of light and those seven eyes and seven horns are the seven spirit of God that's the power of endless life that's why he's bleeding and his blood gives life but the spirit keeps him standing He's the lion and the lamb. And he's part of the reality of the throne. And from that blood, the blood that contains the component of the spirit on him is your fountain of life. So you can't be conscious of the realm of the throne without reawakening the power of the blood of Jesus. Because Revelation 12 says, even those who overcame the dragon, they did by the blood of the lamb. Do you know because we are disconnected from the throne of God, we've played down the power of the blood. When last you hear people, Christian preachers, talk about the blood of Jesus. You demon, blood of Jesus. Whether it's demon being or human being, splash the blood on them. There are demon beings, there are human beings. Blood of Jesus. If that blood could overcome the dragon, there's no little devil that he can overcome. Because the spirit of the lamb is in the blood. The life of the flesh is in the blood. Right? This part of the reality of the truth. This is my last point for you. One signal. One spark of fire from the throne. One sand. One sand. Entering to your spirit. Is enough to liberate you. To lift you. To transform you. And bless you generationally. There is no demon in hell. That can resist one spark. Of fire from the throne. Just a glimpse. Just hearing holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Just hearing what is the lamp is enough to liberate you. But this is my takeaway point for you. You don't go back home without moving that throne with you. We came to ensure in this new facility that is developing in this very strategic place, we are moving the fiery throne of God in place. The throne of God is coming here. It's like David bringing the Ark of the Covenant. His, David said, I cannot rule as king except you move in the ark. Because he knows the ark represents the throne from where God rules and transmits across the nations. It's time in our churches. It's time in our community. It's time in your family. It's time in your hearts. You move in the throne. 
in your mentality and become conscious of the reality of the throne. You look for the demons and your problem and you find them no more. Let's rise up. Let's rise up. Come on, rise up and say, Lord, bring in your throne. Usher in the throne. Usher in your throne. Be enthroned in my heart. I need the fire of the throne. I need the voices from the throne. I need the lightning from the throne. I need the, I need the sound of worship from the throne. I need revelation from the throne. I need the power of the throne. I need the blood of the Lamb of God. The Lion of the tribe of Judah. Oh my God. Be enthroned in my life. Be enthroned in my heart. Be enthroned in my home. Be enthroned in our situation. Be enthroned in our nation. Lift up your hands. Say, come Lord Jesus. Bring in your throne. Bring in your glory. Let angels ascend and descend. Let new things begin to happen. Lord, I pray that a miniature, a miniature of your throne will be established in every heart. I decree, as I agree with the spirit of just men made perfect in this place, I decree that Satan and all his agents and all that represent the devil be dethroned in our lives. Let Jesus and the Holy Ghost be enthroned. In Jesus' name.